back for another edition of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show podcast. Jonathan Howe alongside Travis Cunningham on episode 76, second one of the uh, the new year here and the post-Chili Bowl episode, Travis. Uh, but I guess first we have to go over the number 76. Who you got? Uh, real good dirt late model driver swept the Eldora big money shows a couple of years ago. Brandon Overton. Nice. Good pick. Uh, I'm going uh, Jamie Googe. Thanks for the assist on that one because I was driving me nuts. I was like, I, I'm sure there's a 76 I've watched and seen, but I couldn't figure out who it was. But Travis uh, Braun is a local one as well, but he doesn't race no more, but he raced Street Stock, Sportsman, and Mod with the 76. Another one of those vacant ones if anybody's going to join uh, and race uh, in the not too distant future. You can make your yeah. own legacy or make a current legacy with that these number. days, yeah. So... Uh, we got to start with the Chili Bowl, won by Logan Seavey. Um, pretty, I think, I thought it was a pretty decent race overall. I mean, I get the criticisms of the racetrack, but I think that's kind of one of those things where you have that many races on one day uh, of the track. It doesn't matter how much track prep you do, you're going to end up with uh, issues. But Logan Seavey gets a win over Michael Kofoid and Corey Day. So what did you think of the race? And uh uh, Logan CV having one heck of a year. Oh uh, yeah. CV definitely. He was the favorite going in. So definitely not a shock to see him pull it off again. Uh, fourth, we got to mention him, Dason personally as well. Cause he did a wicked soup run. I love watching soup runs all day on Saturday, but my favorite ones are where the guy ends up in the a and he went D to C to B to a, and then fourth mm-hmm. in the a. And if it wasn't for the rubber, he probably would have won. Uh, although he said if they would have done a full rework, he wouldn't have got that far up because the first 30 laps would have been a dyno session like it usually is where you're just wide open the whole time around the bottom. But uh, the Chili Bowl was amazing this year for me. Every qualifying night, the track was awesome, like big curb, bottom, the way Chili Bowl is supposed to be. And then, uh, yeah, just too many laps on Saturday. That's basically what it comes down to. And you've got two choices. You either do a huge rework and like I say, have the first 30 laps or 25 laps be a dyno session around the bottom, just wide open, and then wait for it to move out wide out. Or you do what they did on Saturday, and eventually the rubber is going to show up. Now, I saw people saying on Twitter how like they use the sweeper on the bottom instead of digging it up. And maybe next year they could just maybe dig it up a bit more than they did. And the last B-Main I knew, because like the first B-Main... All the races on Saturday were amazing as well. All the first B main was amazing all the way up to there. And then the second B main it went from the outside to the inside. And I was like, Oh, and then they did the rework. I was hoping it was going to last a little longer, but yeah, it locked down pretty early. Like about lap 25 ish is when it took rubber. And then it was just a pavement race after that, but you're going to have that. And people got, people focus on the lap. You got to remember how awesome the rest of the week was. Yeah, it really was a good week for it. I mean, uh, I was able to keep track of a lot of it on YouTube and uh, uh, ahead of time before the uh, the main stuff on the weekend. And everything that I saw, I really enjoyed. I thought it was really good racing. And, uh, you know, I kind of agree. I kind of wonder about digging up the inside. Um, do you think that would affect, like, the berm? Like, yeah, I feel like you'd have to be almost kind of delicate about how you dig up the bottom side of the racetrack and getting right down to well, the Well, you just got to... Use one of those, I don't know, all the farmer's equipment's called. But yeah, kind of like a, something. it's like a grater, but not really. It's like a rotating yeah, grater or something. Like a tiller. Yeah, like a tiller. That, that, that tiller, exactly that's what, what it, is. it is. I think so. I think you're right. Um, but you just avoid way, that inside burn. You just roll the flat part. Yeah, and then I, I think They'll try something different next year. They'll get it dialed in. 
Yeah, I think so. I um, think they should shorten the laps, like on Lorson's list. We're going to get to that. But he yeah, says, we'll get, to, get rid of the races, on a lot of the races on Saturday, which is the ultimate, probably the best plan. We'll get to Kyle Larson's fix of how you how you fix the Chili Bowl. I mean, first, though, I wanted to talk about one of the greatest years in, uh, you know, greatest calendar years in dirt racing uh, as of late, especially midget racing. Uh, we got Logan Seavey winning the 2023. For anyone not named Kyle Larson. Yeah, right. The 2023 Chili Bowl, Indiana Midget Week. USAC Midget Championship, the USAC Four Crown Nationals sweep, uh, the USAC Silver Crown Championship, and then he follows it up with the 2024 Chili Bowl. I mean, I, I think if we were talking about Logan CV, driver of the number 500cars.com, Chevrolet doing all that, I think it would be a lot bigger deal and we'd probably be making more noise about it. Uh, at least the general motorsports world would be. But uh, I, I think this is something, an accomplishment in a year that we really need to recognize more in the dirt community and and uh, really celebrate what Logan Seavey's doing right now in the sport. I totally agree. Uh, I want to see him in a wing 410 car. That's where all the big money is. Although he had a lot of money winning all the stuff he does. but And I mean, the opportunity's got to be there. Like, especially if you're somebody yeah. who's trying to put an entry together. I mean, the, Cause... the amount of guys dropping off the World of Outlaws. Like, if I'm a team owner, like, why not take a chance Now's now? Now's the time. Right? Yep. Now's the or chance. even Swindell, they got their car as well. I think they should just let him start driving it a bit. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think they to did see. let him drive it at the end of last year. But yeah, Austin season. I think you're right. Uh, it's definitely flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, that that uh, definitely deserves a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, we should probably uh, shout out some of the Canadian content uh, in the uh, chili bowl. Chili bowl uh, going through the soup. Uh, we had uh, where was he now? Uh, I believe in F two. Styers was in one of the Fs. Yeah. He didn't transfer. He but was in F. To be in an F, you have to just miss your A main on your qualifying night. And that's what he did. I think he was fifth or sixth in his B main. Couple, yeah. One or two out on the cell. So. Yeah, not too bad. He wasn't buried. Definitely didn't have to get up early. No, exactly. Right. So he ended up finishing uh, 12th. Um, started sixth, but unfortunately dropped back through the field in that F and then finished 12th. Um, got passed by Sam Hayfertief Jr., who we've seen a bunch up here, uh, but he also did not make the top five transfer position. The chances of those two getting in the same race is funny. Yeah, right? That's kind of how, how does that work out, right? Um, mm. But I did want to shout out uh, Robbie Price, making a, a little bit of a run through it. Uh, he had moved up from his uh, F main into the E main, where uh, his uh, Chili Bowl dreams st- stopped at an 11th place finish, uh, the Cobble Hill BC driver uh, in the E feature two. He's a wheelman. Yeah. I like Robbie Price. One heck of a wheel man at that. So DC boy. Kind of wraps up all things Chili Bowl in terms well, of the no actual way. I racing. I did think of something we didn't talk about. Okay, okay. okay. We didn't talk about the slide job with the team as drama. That oh, was pretty yes. Deal. Walk us through this. So basically, uh, Cannon McIntosh, he has won Monday night a bunch. And this year he didn't win Monday night. He was in a B main and he fell back early. And it was coming down to the last lap. Team as Thomas Mesrell, who was in a new car driving for Tim Engler and a new Ford experimental engine that we were playing with last year. Now he's just driving for Tim uh, straight out. But anyway, Tim was in a transfer spot coming to the checkers and him and McIntosh have been going at each other all season, uh, chirping each other on the mic and uh, McIntosh uh, threw a slider on him and Tim ended up upside down. And then he ended up getting kicked out of the building because when he was upside down, they sprayed him with the fire and he threw the steering wheel and it was a huge drama fest. And, uh, but like for a guy like Tinez, when you're, when you say slide or die nonstop and that's your motto, like when, and then you're racing with a guy that you know 
like you've had it out with you. You got to kind of expect dirty stuff coming. But then even Timez in his interview, like he didn't know his last lap. He had to ask who he was racing with. Right. So mm-hmm. it just shows how you, the chili ball, I've never raced on a little track like that, but the, it must be insane the way you just got to focus on your driving even more so than normal. And you don't even notice who's around you or what lap it is. Yeah. The awareness right? didn't notice. The awareness yep. is what makes these guys so good, especially in midget racing and, and, and such a small track. Like you have to be, uh, I know I, I've heard a couple drivers talk about, or heard them say they talk about, uh, they think about, you know, glancing up at the scoreboard or the, uh, not the scoreboard, but the, the video board and, and watching who's behind them and kind of using that as their line, which is kind of one of the things that uh, Kyle Larson mentioned in terms of uh, some of the changes that he would like to see to the Chili Bowl. Uh, do you want to jump into this list? Yeah, because they they started checking all the radios and they were doing the smartwatch check and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that, uh, Larson noted on his 2024 yeah. so, chili Larson's bowl thoughts. List. Uh, he said radio checks were unnecessary, but appreciate the thought. Nobody has a spotter. Leaders use the big screen or have people using signal sticks. Um, the, another thing he said was the harder tire was a very small gain, not a big deal, not as big a deal as the media tries to make it, but it's still a gain overall. Had no bearing on the quality of the track being good on prelims or taking rubber in the finale. Uh, is that something you agree with? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like if it's a small gain, like, can you keep going with an even harder tire? Like, is that something you can I think up? the harder tire made, like, the berm all week. Like, there was still a berm. You just It was faster to go around in the rubber. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that uh, he kind of noted, I'm just going over the things that he didn't give a thumbs up to. If you want to see the full list, you can see it at uh, Kyle's uh, Twitter feed or pretty much all of social media. I think he put it up on, but uh, at Kyle Larson. Um, so he talked about track prep crew is in a lose-lose for the Saturday finale. Do heavy Everybody rework and have that. fans complain about <laughs> first 25 being hammered down or last 25 being rubbered in. And I agree with that too. Like, I I remember complaining last year about the fact that I was staying up as late as it did because I what I think checker flag Ooh. waved at like two forty our time last year or something stupid like that. Yeah, that's the one thing we didn't say is how they did get her done early this year because there yeah. was snow coming and stuff, and that was amazing. Like I didn't have to wake up the next day and not look at my phone to rewatch the D's, C's, B's, and A's. Yeah, like I usually do. I got to watch it all and then switch to watch the last episode of this the last of us. So like I had a whole bunch of time left after the race as well. So that was great. Yeah. And that's, that's ideal. That's what you want. I think like, you know, there's a lot of talk about making the chili bowl, a bigger event. Well, that's one of the ways you're going to make it a bigger event. Make sure it ends at a time. That's reasonable that, you know, younger fans are going to be up and still watching it. So, uh, I'd say good on them that this year. And I, I agree with Larson It is a lose, lose. Like we've even seen that locally where, Sometimes you might want a little bit of track prep, maybe at the halfway point or at the intermission point of a night. And sometimes they end up doing that and then it ends up extending the night. And you're like, for me, track prep on a normal Saturday night, like to me is a no, no, you should have a ready to rock. Like sometimes there's obstacles you can't, but Mm -hmm. I'm saying at least 85% of the time, you better have that thing ready to rock and it should form in through the night. And that's how you keep fans coming. No one wants to watch water trucks and packers. Exactly. I 100% agree with that as well. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up from the list, cause I, I kind of agree with this is you need to figure out how to restructure the week to have a lot less laps on track on Saturday so they can prep the track, uh, similar to prelim night. And I agree I with thousand that. Per- I thousand percent agree with that because it would load up the qualifying nights more. 
they're a little like there's a lot of top guys like they they purposely spread themselves out to try to gain their own advantage into the A main. But so mm-hmm. if you were to take away a qualifying night and make that Friday all the early mains and then jam all those guys from Friday into the other mains, to me it's just going to make the quality of the other nights better. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's a better, more compact show if you're doing like. like but the guys aren't going to like it because they're going to have a harder time getting in because it's going to be easier to get messed up in your heat. But, yeah, that's so like true. The, the hitters aren't going to like it, like the the rock stars, but the fans would love it. Well, and and I think from even from viewing from home, I think like just having a chunk of time where you're just watching like the F through A, maybe G through A, you could do in one broadcast, right? And yeah, then you good. do P and like H it. on Friday night. I think that's pretty reasonable like a good way to split it obviously uh the amount of drivers that show up is going to dictate how many heat uh how many rounds and how many heats you're going to actually need uh in terms of uh well then all the people you wouldn't have to stay till saturday all the people that have to get up early saturday morning those people be on friday now so all those people could get away a day earlier and the other thing too is it almost built adds into building a storyline can you imagine if somebody goes say there's a p uh so imagine somebody goes I don't know, M to G and they, they make it from Friday night to Saturday night. Don't you think every reporter that's down there covering it is going to be running a story Friday night into Saturday, which is just going to boost the amount of eyeballs, the amount of attention, the amount of like, I personally think they have to do it. Yeah. Like they have to do this. I think it has to be done too. We'll see if they do. Yeah. Um, We got to talk about just the fact that Larson raced. Yeah. We should talk about just the fact that he uh, showed up on the Thursday night last minute didn't this kind of feel like a fool's errand the whole time? Like, even if he made it to the A, I don't like, even if he qualified in and locked himself in, I don't think he was going to make it back for the race anyways. Well, he would have, they would have delayed the program and then we would have been staying up till 2 AM and <laughs> flow. People would have worked with the two. It was all flow, right? The late model, they're both on flow. So yeah. they would have worked together with, the, they would have made it happen, but we would have had to stay up later. So me personally, I liked that he didn't make it. So then we could uh, get the feature in earlier on Saturday. But I, what I liked about his thing, so like me personally, I think he just ran the race because like for like a week leading up to it, I saw a couple things like I won't say making fun of him, but just pointing out how the fact like when he won his first Chili Bowl, he was on the stage like borderline crying, saying, I'm sorry, NASCAR, but this is the biggest effing race I've ever won. Blah. And then literally two years later, it's at that, not going pay yeah. more. Yeah, like he exactly. went from that to that in two years. So now they did raise the purse and he showed up and. I just like seeing, like, I'm a big Kyle Larson fan. Love watching him in NASCAR. Watching him since he was 16. I've said this before. But I like watching him lose on dirt now. And I just love the fact that the racing gods, like, he is not immune from them. Like, oh, you want to say the Chili Bowl? Go skip last year? You think you're just going to roll in on Thursday and qualify? Top two? Guess what? No, you flip twice instead. So the racing gods said, no, we didn't really like what you have going on lately. Maybe you should be quiet just a little bit. Because he's starting to say a lot of things. All his Chili Bowl stuff was good, but there's some things he said that I don't agree with. I can't remember some of them, but he's definitely. Yeah. I I kind of agree with the idea that I kind of liked watching him struggle. I think it would have been a slap in the face to the competition if if Larson, who hadn't practiced all week, hadn't been in a midget since I don't know when his last midget race would have been. Uh, I haven't seen his full schedule lately. I've been paying attention. Oh, I know he's working hard he on late that models. Turkey night thing. I yeah, think. right. So you know, it's been a hot minute he's in these late models i think it would be a slap in the face to his competition if he just showed up and beat everybody but for him to be humbled like that i almost think it it sets up next year a great chance to come back and and have a heck of a return story and make 
a potential win next year that much sweeter. If he next year he'll, he does it, he'll just be smart enough to bring his own car. Yes, because he's never won in a Coons car. Both mm-hmm. of his wins were in his own car with his Paul Silva boy on the, on the ranches. So yeah, it was definitely a different car. But it was in the heat race. Like he was going nowhere. Like nowhere. He just yeah. looked like another guy out there. Yeah, he really in did. Coons car. It was wild. Yeah, the only one who was like in terms of like big names from other factions that I would say made a, a big impact is I, I thought Chase Briscoe had a pretty nice run. He did. Yeah. He, for him. he um he threw the anchor out in the feature, but Yeah, didn't really have a great A main, but uh he what advanced from his B, I believe, right? I think he had to start in a B. Yeah. So people don't forget how badass of a dirt driver Chase Briscoe's dad was. So Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the guy knows uh Guy knows uh, his way around a uh, a dirt race for sure. So, uh, where did he end up? Yeah, like I said, he uh, yeah DNF'd, so ended up twenty nine twenty first after starting nineteenth. But um, yeah, ultimately a, a pretty memorable Chili Bowl, I think, and uh, a, a pretty historic win for Logan Seavey. I liked that. So, uh, I think Kevin that Swindell. covers everything from the Chili Bowl. You want to move on to. Uh, you know, we just mentioned Kyle Larson. We got some high limit racing news. We should probably jump into, uh, what do you want to start first? You want to start with the, the format, I guess. Sure. I've never heard it. So Jonathan's going to read it to me and I'm going to give you my reaction. I've literally not read it at all. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to try to do this in a succinct, succinct way without. I'm going to guess it's pretty close to the old all-star format. Um, we're going to about to see, read it. Uh, okay. So everything from the A main. Okay, here we go. So it's going to be, just like you say, similar to the 2023 All-Star Circuit of Champions format. Um, the Heats will see the winner and fastest transfer go to the dash. Uh, the twist comes if the fastest qualifier wins the heat race from fourth, they'll be guaranteed the best available dash starting spot. And the next position car will go to the redraw. For example, if QuickTime wins heat number one from fourth, he'll automatically be on the pole of the dash with the one pill removed from the draw for others. Make sense? Yep. Uh, okay, so everything from the A main after the dash to to B main and beyond will be lined up, lined straight up by the heat race finishes. Front row of the B main is reserved for the two fastest non-transfers from the heats. That checks. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they reach 32 cars on a given race night, the field will be seated into groups A and B, drawn for... Uh, which group qualifies first to conduct split qualifying for four heat races. Yeah, I love uh, it. I already love it. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy with it. Uh, in the event of a standard two-day show with uh, without a designated special format already in place, the top three or four finishers from the prelim will be locked in uh, of sorts to the finale. Exact number depends on car count. Those drivers are considered the top qualifiers of the second night but get to skip qualifying ultimately or automatically lined up in heat races in those positions with all the other cars behind them in qualifying order. The standard format takes over from there. Love it. All right. Uh, and now let's jump into this is the points system. Uh, so as for the point system, only a main events will award championship points for both the overall title and the midweek money series, creating an emphasis on finishing at the front. Every podium spot will receive an extra point the better they finish. The full point structure uh, is listed below in the press lease. Um, so they've got it pretty figured out in terms of how many cars are going to be in each, like less than 20, 21 to 31. 
Um, but it looks like 77 points for an A main win, 72 for second, 68, uh, down to 65, 63, 61, 59, uh, and so on and so forth by twos all the way down to, uh, looks like the rest of the field. No, um, 31 points, 21. Yeah, no, it all just goes down by two basically after. Yeah, that's kind of standard. Yeah, fifth place or fourth place. So yeah, I like the I like the format. It's, everything seems fine. Um, nothing jumps out to me that's overly different. Like I say, uh, it is based around the All Stars uh, previous format. So, which I wish we would adopt something like that around here, like group time trials or in your hot lap, like timed hot laps in your group for your heat, mm-hmm. and then invert top four, mm-hmm. and then fastest transfer or yeah fastest transfer and the heat winner go to the dash yeah i like and that fa- and if fourth place wins the heat only he goes to the well it would be a redraw for us and just to clarify when you say fastest transfer is it um your like fast the- time in qualifying or fastest turned lap during the heat race no fastest lap in qualifying who transfers so say exactly. your quickest time in the heat doesn't qualify the next guy would be in yeah yeah which is possible because you could start fourth and then lose six fall back to sixth for example i think it's and then... just straightforward and easy yeah i like that i like that too because i like rewarding the fastest cars on the night like i think i sometimes think in racing especially in north american oval racing i feel like there's not enough emphasis on being fast in qualifying and time trials like don't forget we all this whole sport started on being faster than anybody else and the stopwatch never lies. So I think we, I like when we put a little emphasis on that sort of thing. I just like t- timed hot laps or time trials uh, just because it gives you a little bit of control in your night. Yes. If you're starting at the back. You deserve it because you're slow. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Uh, it's made a difference in uh, some of the nights that I've seen you run and some of the other sprint car uh, events that I've been to. So um, something else about the high limits that we should talk about is the Durst dice roll is back. And there's an added element for the fans. So each race night, one lucky fan chosen from the pre-sale tickets. So you got to buy a ticket ahead of time if you want to be involved in this. Will be chosen to roll the Durst dice prior to the A-Main. The number rolled will connect the fan with the driver in that starting position. If that driver wins the race, he or she and the fan will split the Durst dice roll bonus. For example, if a fan rolls a 9, the driver starting ninth wins... He or she and the fan will split $9,000. I love it. It reminds me of that Winston Million or whatever it used to be, Noble Five. Yes. Where a fan would win if Earnhardt or Jeff Gordon, and I believe both of those guys did win for their fan. Yeah, I think so. I do remember that too. Yeah. So that was cool stuff. I like that. And I I think it's um, it's another way to bond with a, with a driver. Like, um, you know, there's already this emphasis on the money being it. And, you know, I remember my dad liking Bill Elliott in NASCAR back in the day because he was million dollar bill. He was the guy who's always winning the cash. Right. Um, I think, I think if you're a fan and you've got somebody you can pull for, cause I think that's the other thing too, about, about racing in general, but especially in dirt racing right now is you go to the track, you don't necessarily have a favorite driver. Sometimes you just go to watch a race and you're just rooting for a good race, but something like that can really draw you in. Or even if you're watching at home, you're like, you know what? I, I really hope Susie's driver gets that 
gets that money for her. She seems like a nice person. She she seems like she could use it. Or or Mike who rolled the dice. I hope he he seems like a good guy. I want to see whoever it is win for him. Yeah, tonight. I so I, I like that I, that fan involvement. I think this is a really good twist on it and freshens up uh, the dice thing because we know how they did it last year was not working. Are you not old enough to know that Jeff Gordon did the million dollar man thing too in the very last year they ever did it? Yes, I or like this. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember because you gave aware. it to Bill. You didn't mention him. You just gave it all to Bill because they didn't call him Million Dollar Jeff. They called him like Jeff did Bill. it. I know they called. He did the exact same thing Bill Elliott did back when they had that whatever they would call it, the quad crown, triple crown, or whatever. Which I then still Jeff won it, and then they that. started doing the Noble Five, where they would do the five drivers with uh, the dance. I'm still Literally. in favor of it coming back, man. I think if you win three out of four crown jewels, you're good to go. I think you get a big paycheck for that. Nice. I think you should, yeah. Especially now that they got the brickyard back. You know what I said? Brickyard. I got crazy one day, and I said that if you win a crown jewel, you should automatically be in the championship race. That's way too crazy. I hate the playoffs <laughs> as it is. <laughs> if you're going to have it, let's get ridiculous, right? Gonna, I can, I'm sure. I'll give you that. Oh, we got to talk about SRX closing. Yes, the SRX. But just folding up shop. Well, what? It's not a full It's only bold. It blows me away the fact that they were trying to get Glenn's money, like, literally weeks ago. Like, they went from that to folding. Wild. Well, you don't have the sponsorship behind you, right? Like, I don't think Camping World's involved the same way they were prior. Plus, Paul Tracy, I'm sure, ran up the bills for them, so with all this stuff he brought I listened to Paul Tracy on the Gary Clute podcast, and he was saying, like, how the first year they were hyping up, like, that wwf on wheels kind of thing and they were wanting you to wreck people and then like last year they were like the other way no no we can't do this no way you guys can't be wrecking you got and that's why he said the first year was all like saturday night ringers and stuff and like older guys and like last year they were bringing in like cup regulars to like fill in yeah right and it turned really like into a race instead of it was a show the first part i knew it was it always was Harlem Globetrotters on wheels. That's why I hated it. And I'm kind of, I'm glad it folded. Glad it didn't come here. Glad it folded. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. If you didn't see the SRX announced, they are postponing their 2024 season. So does, they didn't officially. That's a good way to put it. Just like California bail. Speedway's building a half mile. Yeah. Okay. I, or auto club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll I, see them back. Yeah. I doubt it. Don't do Tony's that to drag me. racing. He doesn't care about that stuff don't anymore. Do that like zero me. care. I'm don't sorry. Bring auto, auto club. club into this. My I know. Heart it's the best tracks now. Much. Well, it's true. That's basically what it's going to be like. You know what I'm saying? I know. I look at the pictures and I'm like, I don't see how they're making a half mile out of that right now, but you never know. I don't want them to. It's never going to be as good as the two miler with no, with the worn out pavement. So that was the best track for anything. Like other than the fact that it unfortunately led to the passing of Greg Moore, uh, I would say that that's the, one of the greatest ovals to ever exist in any series. It's up there. Right, NASCAR was great there. IndyCar's races were insane there, literally insane. Yeah, um, but anyways, yes, SRX no more for now. Postponed. Although I will mention that Ray Evernham was initially involved in SRX. Bring back IROC. He's bringing back IROC. Now, could you put an IROC? Like, I don't even know what you would do. What do you do with IROC? Like, you can't put. I would an do IROC it just like dirt. they used to. No, I would do it just like they used to. Run the cup tracks and have your two, your NASCAR champion, Xfinity, trucks, IndyCar, see if the F1 guy wants to come, drag racers. 
Steve Kinzer won an IROC race back in the day. Mm-hmm. Still remember screaming my head off for that one. And I say make them Trans Am cars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Literally, the way they used to do it would be perfect. Or, so, like, this year, Brad Sweet would be in the IROC series. How sweet would that be? That would be pretty dope. I'm, I'm <laughs> on board. Good pun there. <laughs> I like that. Well played. Um, yeah, more motorsports news trickling out in terms of uh, that international stuff. And uh, obviously, a shame for SRX because they were one of the series that were trying to bring big stars to uh, dirt racing. But uh, we'll just have to... We already have big stars! Just like the Osrican post, who do you want to bring in? And that one guy said... We already have a bunch of stars here. I love it. It is true. It is true. Uh, I, I think we need to be celebrating our own stars a little bit more and uh, kind of we building up their legacies more. And like, here's a example. Like back when I first started sprint cars, like when the Americans would come in, the locals would pretty much have zero shot. Like Dustin Dag would come in and destroy us and stuff like that. And nowadays it's not like that anymore. No. No, I think uh, we've got a lot of talent north of the border and it needs to be celebrated and it needs to be uh, honored while we can. So the fact Oshweekin had Timez on that list of who they wanted to see come up here, like, oh, I'm like, he would get smoked. Like, I bet you he would in top 10 against us. I'm going to say it. He's not a wing guy to start with. Mm-hmm. He's not really a dry slick guy. Yep. I bet you he wouldn't do that great. Maybe he I'm was talking to Glenn down there at uh, the Chili Bowl and that's part of the reason he made the list. Oh. Little do it. Connecting I can't some wait dots to there. Blow his doors off with my twenty foot trailer. <laughs> Soon enough, because we are approaching the start of outdoor season. Uh, it was supposed to get going tonight with the uh, world of what was a world of outlaws late models at Volusia. Yep, they are rained out for tonight. Uh, was the news that I saw before we started the podcast. Um, but hopefully, they can get going tomorrow. And um, Speedwix is pretty much on. Yeah, they got me uh, probably going to buy the Dirt Vision. I'm just going to buy the full year this year because then they got 360s there next week at Volusia that'll be on Dirt Vision. So, but oh yeah, Glenn's taking that Justin Whittle guy down there to drive the zero car. Hmm. I don't, I don't know about the choice and driver there. I just feel like I'm not gonna lie. there's some other options that could have been could have been some other options. Interesting. I mean, I don't maybe know. maybe he'll win, but I don't know. That guy crashes a lot. In the, I know a lot of PA posse guys don't like that guy. Hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, where are we going with this? Yeah, they started the opening season. Yeah, so Volusia next week, 360s. Like, Ryan Turner's going. All the same people are going last year. Poirier's not going this year. But, like, Palace is going. Is, uh, so, yeah. is Liam Martin going down with them? Did I'm he pretty go last sure. Year? I think so, right? Yeah, he went last year. And pretty I know sure. Ryan's going. Mm-hmm. I think they made a post. Yeah. yeah. Some local news, some local names to watch. I'm sure if you're following the uh, Southern Ontario Sprints on uh, their Facebook pages <laughs> or anything like that, you will definitely see. Uh, and then, yeah the info about that but there's some more local uh sprint car news some crate sprint news as brent begelow has been tapped to drive for mike bowman racing in the crates so he'll be taking over what i assume is still going to be the 71 ride uh seaway fluid power uh mbr uh car so does brent begelow have a shot to, to make some noise in his rookie campaign in the crates at oshweekin well in that car you'd have to hope so because if you don't win in that car, uh, people are going to say stuff. You'd obviously think, no? Well, we know it's a good piece. I mean, it challenged for the Action Sprint Tour. winning car, clearly. Cha- challenged <laughs> for the Action Sprint Tour race uh, ch- or series championship last year. Hasn't lost a uh, crate nationals. No. And two for two. I mean, that car won, what, $30,000 just on its own, I think. Something like that, right? Mm. Pl- plus. Probably roughly, yeah. So, 
it's it's a good piece. So we'll see what Brent can do. Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him to see whether that means that he's out in terms of mod lights at Maryville. No, nope, he's still racing. Posted, oh, don't confirmed? worry, mod light fans. Wow. He will still be at Maryville. So don't worry. Two different cars. I mean, the guy is used to driving two different cars, sometimes in the same night, right? He wasn't a, a sports. I'm driver. glad to see him in the crate because get a little bit more of a challenge for him. Yeah, I, I'm excited other than to see the sportsman, which he wasn't running the sportsman all that much. So no, the he's going to run this every week. Away, so so. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to predict from him because I think I, I don't want to say that win. he's. I don't want to say that he's an automatic favorite. I kind of wonder about what Matt Billings will do. I don't think he Billings could con- could really commit. Is he going to run last weekend all the time? I doubt it. I don't his think so. Owner. Right? I think he'll just show up for the. Yeah, big I know for shows. a fact his car owner isn't really into the whole weekly thing anymore. That's why you like the tour. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, uh, I mean, other than that, I, I, it's a good class of crate sprints and Brandon is definitely going to have uh, his hands full trying to move up through that. But uh, you never know. The guy takes to driving uh, pretty quickly. So we'll see. I'm excited to see what Brent can offer in that crate sprint. Uh, we got the Ransomville schedule uh, has been officially announced. I've got it in front of me. Um, more than a few notable uh, events, the Dirt Carton, Dirt Car Sportsman Trail and DNA Towing Demo Derby. Uh, that is on Friday, May 31st. Um, we've got the Empire Super Sprints coming on June 7th. Uh, we've got the North East Late Model Alliance, June 14th. Uh, autograph night for the fans that uh, want to get up close and personal uh, with their favorite uh, drivers from Ransomville. You've got that June 21st. BRP Big Block Modified Tour is racing there June 28th, which uh, people have tagged me in the post saying that there is an announcer position open with the BRP uh, Big Block Modified Tour. Uh, I don't, I have to look into this because I don't know if I can do it because I'm, it's an American job. So I feel like I need a visa. That better pay pretty dang good there, Johnny Boy. Yeah, right. And there's a lot of travel involved too. So for all those who've tagged me and said go and do that, I will look into it. But we live in Canada, folks. It's kind of hard unless somebody sorts me out a visa, and I don't think visas get granted overnight. But Oh, no, you wouldn't need a visa. Wouldn't you, though? No, you're just a fan. I guess that's true. You don't got, you don't got no. No, pay, no pay. Oh, unless you're getting a check, but yeah, then you exactly. would, maybe. They'd have to be, like, cash. There'd have to be... Well, there, there's probably some workarounds, right? But uh, <laughs> well, I'll look into it for those who tagged me and said... Go and announce. All that. I know is when you're an announcer getting paid on the books, sex. Yes. Yes, it can. my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what else did I want to point out? Uh, the Kyle Inman Sportsman Memorial, uh, July 19th. Um, go-kart exhibition, which I'm still hoping to be a part of. If anybody wants to jump on a go-kart program for the summer, I might be looking for sponsors. Am looking for sponsors, so... Um, that could be, uh, something we could partner on, but anyways, uh, lots of good stuff. The SOS sprints are going to be there August 16th. Uh, the whole schedule again up on Maryville, super dirt car series, excuse me, Ransomville's speedway, uh, website and up on their socials as well. Super dirt car series. Uh, I should point that out. Uh, August 20th, the Ron Martin summer nationals with the super dirt car series. Yep. So. Bigger. I'll probably be there for the ESS race at least. They give me the night off at the rest. Yep. I haven't uh, seen that full schedule yet. I've seen all the big dates. 
yeah, we'll see how it all uh, shakes out, but uh, still some local schedules to be announced. Uh, do you want to touch on Southern Ontario Motor Speedway closing doors? Mm, there you go. You just did. <laughs> yeah, there's not, unfortunately, not much else to say about that. Uh, and uh, it just always sucks anytime you're losing a racetrack. Yeah, I don't really, it was just like, was it like a handwritten note? No, it was like a, I don't know. Yeah, it was. That, it's just got shut weird. down for a while. There's been weird stuff going on that whole time. So with that track, so yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it came back. He says it's for sale. There's opportunities. I mean, if Still somebody is really he, passionate, like it said, it was he's leaving the country in the note. That was the that was the weird part. Like just up and leaving, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is the key sitting there in the door or something? I don't know. I don't really <laughs> know how that's going. To, how that works out, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, I hope it comes back it in some to form. Lose it. Yeah, because all the guys with like a real late model got nowhere to race now. So that's why Ashwick can put two late model opens. So it's like crates versus opens. So there's two races for those. And it sucks too because it sounds like a track was putting in some serious improvements over the last couple of years and making it better and on the way to becoming uh, not a premier facility necessarily, but you know, a facility worth traveling to. It's going there. And then the. Our buddy Joel Dick won't have a place to race, and all those UMP modified guys are just going to have to, all those people are going to have to just start. Going over the border like they used to, mm-hmm. which going over the border like there's been a lot of stuff for like I'm not sure we can post as well like people talking about how hard it is to get over the border. If you have a normal sized truck and trailer like me, it isn't very hard. The hardness part is when you get into those giant rigs, which are clearly business looking like rigs. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's when it's hard. When you're a little guy like me with my little Dodge Ram and trailer, they just look at you and. They haven't even been making me open my trailer, which is like before COVID, you would have to at least open the trailer. Yeah. But now they don't even do that. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. See ya. Especially if they know it's racing. Easiest stuff I've ever done. Yep. I did it four times last year, and every time was the easiest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. So much easier now. So there's that. Don't get scared away. People are so scared of the border. (laughs) I hate it. Go over there. It's fun. There's so much great racing over there as well as over here. But. So we talked about a little bit in the beginning of the show, or not necessarily before we or not necessarily on the show, but before we start recording, I should say, uh, about bringing some more motorsport draft-style uh, segments to the show. and I kind of my thought, favorite part of the Soper and Brown show. Yeah, we weren't steal it from my boys over at Hits FM, the uh, the draft. I mean, I do a draft analysis of their drafts on my radio show, which you can hear on Sunday. So Sundays. it's not stealing it. You're a part of it. Yeah, kind of, in a way. I, I kind of invited myself in, but now I'm adopting it oh. for our, our show. And as if they're the only ones who have ever done a draft. Thanks, Carl and Matt. All radio people copy each other nonstop anyways. Yeah, it's called influence. Everyone knows that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a motorsports draft, I kind of thought, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get another show in before the 24 hours of Daytona start. So I thought, what if we drafted teams for, uh, you have to draft, you have to put together a four-driver lineup for a 24-hour event, but they all have to be dirt racing-related drivers. So I'm going to, right off the hop, uh, put in the stipulation one, at least one team member has to be a local driver, and that local driver cannot be Nelson Mason because that would be the obvious pick if we're taking a guy from the dirt world to go and run road courses locally. That would be probably the obvious pick. So we're going to take him off the list, but he would be uh, somebody you would probably gravitate to. So... Uh, he would have been the first pick for the local guy, clearly. For sure. So four drivers from any dirt discipline, and um, one of them has to be a local. Do you want first pick or you want me to go? 
You can go. You're going to hate me for this pick, but I'm going to take Kyle. I, I got to take Kyle Larson. Yeah, sure. I guess he counts. Although he's NASCAR guy now, but he's already ran it, man. Does that count? He's already ran it. Do you want me to pick somebody else? You want to throw Larson yeah. out too? Okay, fine. We'll throw out Larson. Um, in that case, give me uh, give me David Gravel. I'll take Gravel. I like it. Gravel could he could probably adapt to anything pretty quick, especially what kind of cars we run in here? Prototypes or GT? Uh, we'd probably have to do GT. I don't even know if these guys would qualify for GT Pro, so it'd be like the GT, whatever that amateur I can't GT do class their, is. There's so many classes now, I can't do it. I like, know. Back in the day when it was prototypes and GT, there was two classes. Yeah. Fix that. Daytona, 24 hours. But, so yeah, gravel first pick for you. I'm going Max McLaughlin. Ooh. We forgot to say that he hit the wall in testing last night, his first night in a late model, but he's won in a road course in a K&N car, so. Yeah. It's a good pick. I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go. I want to take. Oh, this is tough. I want to take. I'm going to take Brad Sweet. I think I can. I think Sweet can do it. Oof. That's like, oh, no, he's got truck and stuff. So he's been on. Yeah, I like it. He's yeah. Got NASCAR. I, I think he could adapt. I think he's another one of those guys that. If you give them, you know, not that they get a ton of practice time, but if assuming they got to do the roar before and all that, it's 25 laps of practice time, some sim time. I think he could adapt. Mm -hmm. Now, that NASCAR thing made me think Rico, but I'm not going Rico because he was pretty terrible in NASCAR. Let's be honest. Now, here's one. Here's a guy with some pavement experience that most people didn't know about. I didn't even know about it as well, but this guy has a bunch of ASA starts. And he ran ASA, and his first part of his career was pavement. I'm going with Jonathan Davenport. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I didn't realize he was all asphalt to start his career. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you got to take a local guy here. I, I think I want to get that out of the way. Um, if I'm going to take a local guy, I think I want to take... Oh, I hope you don't pick the guy I'm thinking. I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to take. I think I'm going to take Cody McPherson. For whatever reason, I feel like Cody could get in a sports car and wheel. I don't know why. Okay, so we're going for the local. I'm going Mac DeMan who literally comes from a road racing. Oh team. no, that's a good pick. And he like literally only runs road courses on iRacing. So, Oh, and his dad was in the Trans Am series back in the day. Like literally, if you go watch the 1988 or one of them, Niagara Falls race, Pete man or whatever his dad's first name is, is yeah. In that race. I was going to take, I was going to take Stuart Friesen, but I don't know if he counted enough for local. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I also kind of thought, I also kind of thought maybe it was, he wouldn't count because he's mostly though, a NASCAR a guy. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. No. Um, I will say I'm not going to pick this guy, but another guy that kind of gets around this whole hack is you could take Casey Kane. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to. He's I think probably I'm, ran it already too. He must have to practice road course. I don't know if he has because he didn't all the Hendrick guys run that. I don't know because he he was Dodge for so long in his career, and I don't think Dodge really had. I don't. I mean, there was the Viper program, but I don't think they. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, right. I feel like Kane never got a chance to run it for some reason. Um, 
one more dirt affiliated guy, eh? See, then the other thing I kind of screwed up is I feel like Brad Sweet and David Gravel are kind of shorter, and I feel like Cody's tall, so I think that would mess up the the seat kind of thing. Oh, we're not. You're thinking too hard. I'm now. thinking too hard about it, right? You gotta think of a line. That doesn't matter because you would just have the seat back for him like his insert would be farther back and then the other two inserts would have to be just brought forward. yeah exactly you'd like have the pillow or whatever right oh man i don't know who else i, I keep thinking i want to take sprint car guys but i think that's not the right play i think you got to go with i feel like you got to take shepherd i feel like i want matt shepherd he's smooth right i think you need th- you need smoothness in those cars I think Shepard might be a good play in that one, I think. You know, he's really good at what he does in the modifieds. I feel like he's jumped into a different enough different seats. You know, he's buddies with Ross Chastain. I'm sure Chastain's run that race before maybe so he can lean on him for a little bit of advice, but yeah, I'll take I'll take Matt Shepard. Okay. <sighs> Last, one. Last pick, and it's wide open for you here. You really got a lot of options on the table. I know. <sighs> well, this would have been cheap for the local pick, but it's not cheap just to draft them onto your team. Stuart Friesen. I just... Uh, <laughs> okay. You were going to take him for the local pick. I know. You can't... Well, well, you want him, you can have him. But that's good. He's raced road courses. He's good in different cars. Like, he's one of the best. Like, he's he almost really Larson like he's not Larson. Like he's sprint car modified yeah. truck. It's a good pick. He's one in TQ Midget. It's a good. So pick. yeah, he's got the he's got the versatility. Well, dang. It was only cheap as a local pick. All right, fine. That's fine. I should have taken him in there. That's my bad. Either way, uh, recapping. I've got a driver lineup of David Gravel, Brad Sweet, Cody McPherson. And Matt Shepard, you've got Max McLaughlin, Jonathan Davenport, Mac Deman, and Stuart Friesen as your lineup for the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. I don't know how they would do. I think my do. team's got you. I think my team's got you. This is where I wish, like, Sim Sports was a little bit more, like, you know how you can do, like, in EA Sports, like, Sim a season in, like, the NHL or, like, like NHL 23 or whatever, yeah. or 24? I feel Sim like we could do that. I wish we could do that with iRacing. Like, you could put, like, whatever driver with their attributes into an iRacing setup and just see how they do. But I think that would be kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah so right. there you go there you go the dirt daytona draft 24-hour daytona draft yes i like that um more drafts coming uh if you've got a topic that you want drafted you can let us know on social media at SOGS it's got to be dirt track related pod. yes of course at dirt or racetrack uh, yeah and it could be I, we've been short tracks about... let's go short tracks i don't need wine and cheese racing questions yeah well we also I, I call road racing wine and cheese racing sorry guys <laughs> And girls. Well, I was going to say, uh, we were talking about doing a draft of food. Best uh, food at racetracks. Track food. Track food. So uh, that is one. We're definitely we doing that one, just that not one. today. Yeah. That will, I think we should save that for when racing season is actually going to start uh, locally. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if you got a topic for us, you can let us know on social media. At SODS underscore pod. Uh, and uh, when we were Southern Ontario Dirt Show at gmail.com as well as where you can send uh, emails to us. So uh, appreciate everybody listening again this week. Uh, again, we are in the off season of kind of local stuff. So we're going to do these podcasts every couple weeks until we get um, something major. If we get any breaking news, 
in between that. We'll do some podcasts on that too. Um, again, thanks for following the show. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff really matters in terms of you know us moving up in the podcast world. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Uh, there's some uh, other podcasts I've heard where they're saying, you know, send this podcast to three friends. If you're not, if your friends are dirt fans locally here in Southern Ontario and they're not listening to this show, you absolutely need to send them this podcast and you absolutely, absolutely need to tell us what you want to hear more of and uh, what uh, you want to hear less of before we go. I will also say Monday nights, if you're missing racing action, tune in to the BRP TV iRacing series over on YouTube. Uh, Travis has been racing. I've been on the call. It's been a blast. You can catch up on the whole season on YouTube right now. You can go back and watch the races. You can watch pretty much an entire race night in like an hour, give or take. So uh, make sure you're watching that sort of stuff. And I think we're going to have one of the drivers who's been dominating at Cody Higby on the show uh, in the coming weeks. So watch for that. And we will talk to you next time on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show podcast. And the checkered is out on another episode of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show presented by Oshweekin Speedway and Bicknell Racing Products. Like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Facebook at Southern Ontario Dirt Show or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SODS underscore pod. Have a question for the show? Email us, southernontariodirtshow at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting local racing in Southern Ontario, and we'll see you at the track.